Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. How dare you verbal trap me? (laughs) How dare you? How dare you, Karina? How dare you? Mm -hmm. So I do need to say I'm referencing a very specific episode of Judge Judy about Tupperware. Uh, When I say, how dare you, Karina? How Mm -hmm. dare you? Mm -hmm. But yes, verbal trap. Verbal traps. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you're pretty good at those. Like you aren't. You're pretty good at them, too. I think if someone's wearing the crown and sash, it's you. And Uh I have the flowers and the first runner-up. Oh, really? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think think we, we take the crown... At different mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. in different mm-hmm. in different circles and realms. Sure, sure. But when it comes to um, workflow, it must just be the Capricorn in you. It's okay. like delegation, no breathing. <laughs> <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I mean, I did. I do think I I came out of the womb going, "All right, you get to work on this, and mm-hmm. you get to work on this, and you get to work." Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it is true. It took me a long time though to be able to do that. I do want to say mm-hmm. I was more to step like, into your own confidence about it. Well, I was that person like you a lot of times who's like, you know what? I'll just do it myself. Mm -hmm. It's just better. It will be better if I do it myself. Yeah. And then I'll sacrifice my sleep and my peace and my time. You're like, well, I know we'll all get an A if I just do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. But yeah, you did like you pulled a one over on me literally right before we were headed to Big Bend. We were um, working on some things. You were like, well, I'm I'm working right now. Uh, could you handle doing this? Because like, you weren't you weren't working that day. No, because it was my first day of break. Right. Yeah. And you're Which like, now makes it sound worse. Like you have a day that's a break, and now and I made and I put you to work. Yeah, is what it sounds like. Well, I'm just I mean, stepmother person. over here. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have plucked I've all of the lentils, lentils out of the, the ashes right. by the time the night falls, then you may join us yes, at the King's at Festival. The festival. <laughs> right. But you were like, "Great, can you handle this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I can do that." So, for the record, <laughs> um, I had done half of it. Yeah. This, this was thing a task, that we were talking yeah. about. It was this task that involved like we had to do something on 
every single episode in our library. Yeah. And um, we had to go back in and like adjust something specific. And yeah. it was, didn't take a long time. It just, just was tedious. Was tedious. And yeah. you had to go one episode at a time. And at this time, we have 200 plus episodes. Yeah. Um, I had done over half the library. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. I You'd had done, done two seasons. Two seasons. And you're like, we're you're gonna handle these two seasons and then we'll split season five. We're great. Which is what the plan was. That was the plan. And you had been working from my house that day because we were leaving very early for the airport the next morning. I was like done and I was jazzed. I was like, I got my two and a half seasons done. And you walked out and you're like, oh great. Well, since you're in flow, why don't you just do the rest? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that the audacity of that was No, I believe it went. I went so Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> did you finish that already? And you were like, yeah, it went really fast. And I went, well, since it went really fast <laughs> and you're in flow, do you mm-hmm. want to? <laughs> this is out? our relationship. Mm-hmm. And you were like, don't you verbal trap me. Exactly. Don't you dare. And you did. I did. And you I, did. I did. So and, um, who's wearing the crown now? I guess I wore the crown in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And every day of your life. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any examples when you have worn the crown. Oh, well, look at this. And, just um, like history, but, just uh, dictating exactly mm, what I said. However, they will, one will probably sure. show up at sure. some point. I'm sure it will. Looking for adventure, I want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky, don't wake the sun There's so much to be done, and the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes, and open your heart when you get at the National Park At the National Park At the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you would like to acknowledge that while hiking and visiting the land, also known as Big Bend National Park, that we are on the traditional and stolen land of the Humanos, Cohucatan, Mescalero Apache, Lions Apache, and Chizos people. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast where Dusty is mean and Mike is kind. kind. Yep. <laughs> that's the narrative that that's Mike the portrait is I'm painting. That's the portrait mm-hmm. now that you're in flow. That's right. Now that's that I'm the in portrait flow. you're painting. <laughs> exactly. We are in Big Bend National Park. Ugh, Big Bend. What a beautiful park this is. Yes. What a magnificent park and what a surprise this was. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I think it was a surprise on many levels, but then I think it also was oh my god, the desert. I forgot how much the desert is just magical. I think we both were sort of feeling that and like, desert park. 
parks. It's where it's at. It is absolutely where it's at. Yeah. We love desert parks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In um, episode 105, we had hiked the Lost Mine Trail. We didn't find the Silver Mine. Just we didn't, no. which you can hear all about in that episode. No. But we were now headed to do another trail this day. Yes. That is like the Lost Mine Trail, recommended by everyone. Yep. And is one of the iconic trails to do in Big Bend. Yes. Um, and that is the window trail the window trail is essentially the trailhead is at the visitor center from lost mine we had to take not a very long drive but a drive towards the visitor center on some windy roads they weren't scary windy it wasn't like driving through glacier and going to the sun road windy i say that just because there wasn't a lot of elevation there was definitely like awareness that needed to be happening as we were driving just a little bit more heightened awareness the park itself again we talked a lot about this in episode 105 just where it's located kind of lends to the fact that it's a little bit of a quieter park we happen to be here on our first day on easter Sunday. It was a holiday. It was the weekend. That being said, when we did arrive at the visitor center, it was a little crowded. By that, I mean the lot was pretty full and we had been hiking pretty early. So we were still at the visitor center before noon. It definitely was um, a little bit of a hairier situation to try to find parking here. There are technically five visitor centers at Big Bend National Park. However, we have found that like at most national parks, one visitor center tends to be the high traffic one yeah. and kind of get title of main visitor center. Mm-hmm. And here, that one would most likely be the one that we were visiting here at this time, which was the Chisos Basin Visitor Center. Yes. That literally means at the base of the Chisos Mountains, and it was also nestled right next to the lodge. Mm-hmm. Right next door to this visitor center, there was a store. Like a camp store. Like a camp store yeah. with like food and supplies if necessary. Yeah. There was this main road that we were driving. We turned off the main road. The Lost Mine Trail was on that road. There, at least the trailhead mm-hmm. was. Yeah. We continued on past the Lost Mine Trailhead to get to the Chisos Basin Visitor Center. Yep. And so that was where we were this morning. There are so many trails that leave from right here. Right. And um, the Window Trail is one of them. Mm-hmm. But the first thing we decided to do, because it was now... Open time for open the... Open time for the Visitor Center mm-hmm. was yeah. to check it out and uh, to get our patches, have our visitor center moment. Yeah, so we were we had a great visit, as we always do, in a visitor center um, with Ranger Christie. She was just so informative. We sort of gave her the lowdown of how much time we had um, in the park, and she gave us very, very helpful info about what roads we should drive and what roads we should. When we got into El Paso, there was like a moment when we were getting the car where it was like, do we get a four-wheel drive vehicle and pay the extra $20 a day? And we're like, nah, we're just going to go with like, we had a four-door sedan on this trip. The recommendation is to get the four-wheel drive vehicle. Oh, yeah. Mistake. We made (laughs) a mistake. We made a mistake. And this is something that we, whenever it's sort of mountainy from now on, we will definitely go ahead and do. Without Um, a doubt. Because there was a hike that we wanted to do that is also a very highlighted hike. It's not very long, but it's on um, Grapevine Hills Road. It's called Balance Rock. It's called Balance Rock. And so part of our curiosity was like on this day after doing the window trail, could we drive? Because it looks like on the map or it looked like on the map that there was a section of road that was paved. Could we drive that and then hike the road all the way up to the trailhead, which again, the trailhead wasn't 
very long. long. It wasn't a it's long kind trail. of like this terminal view that you there are photos of balanced rock everywhere. It's a very yeah. common and very popular sight to see. And she was like, no, I wouldn't recommend doing that. <laughs> She's mostly like, people because, do do it, but yeah. like I wouldn't if I were you. And yeah. it's mostly because hiking along that road just... She's like, it'll exhaust you. Yeah. It's a, it would be a long walk. Yeah. And then while we love long walks and while we're in for and long walks. And it's exposed. Walks, it was exposed. It's very yeah. exposed. Yeah. So, so right. So we didn't do that. But we did get our patches. Mm-hmm. I also got a birding guide for Big Bend while mm-hmm. I was there. Ranger Christy was very excited to see that. So we had a moment to geek out about birds for a second. Yeah. So I talked to Christy about specifically Kalima warblers. Now, Kalima warblers are birds that can only be seen in the United States in Big Bend. You can see them in Mexico, but inside of the perimeter of the United States, literally the only place they show up is Big Bend National Park. Christy had mentioned that it was very early in the season, and so no one had spotted any yet. They had not gotten any reports that anyone had seen them. But in order to see them, you'd have to go really, really high up. Right, that's what she had said. Like, we did end up hiking near the area where we might be able to see them. Sure. But we, we never saw any of them. No, we, we saw other birds that kind of looked like them, which is why, you know, I recommend getting that little bird guide from there because you know what? Like, your phones don't always work unless you already have a little guide. Like, just get one from the visitor center. It's a yeah, great way to yeah, support them. Get and, back to the yeah. park in that way. Yep. So, there are a lot of birds that look like they might be Kalima warblers, but they're not. Yeah. But yeah, there are birders that come from all over the world just to see the Kalimas. After taking some time in the visitor center, which is tiny, the ba- uh, the Basin Visitor Center is, is pretty small. There's a little bit of an exhibit in there. We did go next door to the Basin store, which is like the camp store. Like Dusty said, it's sort of just like merch and there's some like snacks and provisions should you need them. From there, we were just like, okay, we're ready to hit the trails. So we went back to the car to gear up. And at this point, in the day, it was much warmer. It was bordering on hot, but it wasn't like hiking in the North Achenbach Trail warm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Heat exhaustion warm. That's Theodore Roosevelt yeah. National Park, everybody. Um, so... Right. So yeah, it, it did definitely get warm. We had um, already taken off a lot of clothing on our first hike of the day. And so now we were pretty, um, we were pretty stripped down <laughs> uh, was to the bare gonna, essentials. Since you were in flow, I was <laughs> yeah. going to let you You're like, like, just finish like, that Let one him off. go with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, this was just like, okay, we, are, we knew we were going to be very exposed. We knew that there was a lot of flesh showing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was like so sunblock. sunblock. Lots of sunblock. of sunblock. Yeah. There was a group of people next to us that were also gearing up. It looked like they were also heading out like on a some trail. trail. Some trail. Again, there are a few that leave right here from the visitor center. So in the first section of this trail, which we're calling the descent to the valley floor, mm-hmm. the first section is a descent. Yeah. So we're we know what that down, means. <laughs> right. Which means we're going to have to head up on the way back. Mm-hmm. Right. I do prefer descent on the way back. Yeah. Girl, who doesn't? I know. <laughs> Some people would, I mean, I'm sure there are people who don't, who are like, I'd rather do all the descent now because incline is easier for me later. Mm. But that's not me. I mean, we know how I feel about ascent versus descent. But at the end of a trail, I'm like, I hope it's descent because I'd rather put the, I'd rather front load the ascent at the beginning. I mean, me too. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. So uh, we 
headed to the trailhead, which was basically what we had to do was just east or to the left of the little camp store. There was a spot to get on. Like some paved path. Some paved path. And then we had to follow a few um, signs in order to get to the actual trailhead for the window trail. There's like a spot where you can see a wind, the window overlook. Yep. We didn't do that here on this day. We thought we might do it after this, but we kind of were like, we'll see how we feel. We'll see how we feel. So on the first junction that we encounter of like, okay, we're going to have to head to the right instead of continue on to the left. Um, there was a bird in a tree that I got a really good photo of. And it was easily mistaken for a Klima warbler. It was not, though. Later I would find out it was a Says Phoebe. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely a gray bird with like a bit of yellow on the bottom or the belly. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's very easy to mistake them for the bird that you thought everybody was coming here to right. see. Mm-hmm. So I definitely took some photos of it. Was proud of myself for like the composition of those yeah. photos or at least the focus within yeah. them. Yeah. So things we'll share. But yeah, then we are finally setting off toward the proper window trail. So before getting on the trail, there was a ranger kind of on like a low rock wall that was directing people which way to go for specific things, you know, and also talking to everybody that passed. And so she was like, hi, how are you? What are you about to do? And we're like, oh, we're heading on the window trail. And she was like, do you have plenty of water with you? Do you have sunblock? Just be prepared. It's very exposed. So I did like this. You don't get this all the time by any means. Sometimes you get this in the visitor center. You have that moment where you're telling a ranger what you're going to do. But it's rare that you have a ranger kind of sitting at a trailhead. But she was kind of at a central junction point for a lot. So I think it must be something they staff if they can, just so people aren't confused. Correct. Yeah. And so they're prepared, which is mm-hmm. great. Especially because you have like folks who want to do the window trail and you have the folks who want to do the window overlook. Or Laguna Meadow. Or Laguna Meadow, which is in another direction. Yeah, yeah. So that was great to have um, to have her there to direct us. Yeah, absolutely. First off on this section, it's a lot of switchbacks, mm-hmm. which we'd gotten used to over on the Lost Mine Trail. Yeah. And there's so much cacti yeah. and like plant life. Absolutely. And like we could see here like a few times where people had cut through, but mm-hmm. we were like, obviously we're not doing that today no. here on this day. No. But we do start the descent. Um, it takes us past two campground entrances. So if you're someone that's doing this trail and the visitor center parking lot is full, you're able to park in the campsite area, you could still access this trail from these entrances, yes. essentially. And then you uh, shave off some, you shave off some, some trail time. Yeah, yeah. It is already a lot warmer because this is fully exposed and the sun is overhead now. Yeah. But we were approaching this exposed valley floor. We weren't quite there yet, but what we can see, it's the views are kind of like vast and long, And like we can see, you know, mountainous formations in the distance. Very grandiose. What we already noticed was as we would turn and get to different parts of these switchbacks, like we could definitely see parts of this trail coming into view better. Yeah. That were a total surprise. And stuff being hidden then. Yeah. The trail just changed a lot while we were on it. And even looking back towards the visitor center, so there's like a mesa that's sort of like, if you're standing with the door of the visitor center to your behind and you look up, 
behind the lodge. There is this kind of mesa that's there. So that sort of became our, okay, that's where the visitor center is moment, yeah. you know. But it looks like a trail that you can see all of from the beginning. Lies. <laughs> but total lies. Like, yeah. It's like a total surprise. Yeah. Every time you like yeah. get to a different angle, like, yeah. you can see new things yeah. the whole time. Yeah. As we're getting closer to the bottom of the switchbacks, we do start to see a few hikers that have started to make their way back. <laughs> There were some kids like in a group of like, you know, a family of hikers with some like teenage kids and they looked miserable. They were like, the exhaustion <laughs> was very clear on their face. And I'm like, mm, this doesn't bode well. No. <laughs> but also teenagers and teenage angst. So we're kind. I took that with a grain of salt. They definitely weren't excited about having to hike back up. And I dog-eared that for my own emotional turmoil for later. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. At this section, it started to feel a whole lot like Zion National Park. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Big Ben that felt like Zion. Mm-hmm. But eventually, this trail started to level out. There wasn't a ton of like downhill or uphill left. We finally approached the valley floor, which is what we're calling the section two, um, the exposed valley floor. Mm -hmm. So this is, again, we're exposed. It's direct sunlight above. We're probably inching closer to like noon around this time of this hike, just by the time we finished Lost Mine and then drove over here. So we're probably like skirting the noontime hours. But the nice thing is we weren't really exerting it was very flat in this section of the exposed valley floor. And because of this, it tended to go very fast. Like, I feel like we zipped through this section here. It was a lot quicker. We soon saw some folks who were like, oh, guess what? You're almost to the shaded section. I was very excited about that. We were dripping. Like, sweat was already pouring off of us Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. And so it was going to be nice to get some shaded reprieve soon. Yeah. There were very large mountainous formations on either side of us now. Very orange, very large. Mm -hmm. To the right, it's a little closer. Like the mountainous formations are a little closer. And to the left, it looks like we're actually jutting in that direction, but they are definitely further away from us here. We can see ahead that there's like, we're like, oh, I think that's the shaded section up there. Yeah. I mean, that be- kind of became the game. Is mm-hmm. that the shaded section yeah. up there? Well, we did. This is there. There are some trees here in this open valley floor where you do get like a momentary, like a tree where it's like, oh, here's shade for just a moment. And that felt kind of nice. There are some logs across the trail here. I'm assuming to like logs that are embedded in the trail to help with washout um, when there is heavy rain. And there are some uh, trees along the path here, like I had mentioned, but they are, again, very, very spaced out. There's also a lot of very tall, deadish looking cacti everywhere. Well, it's like they, it almost reminded me of like a silver sword from Haleakala where it was like the cactus was down below and it kind of looked like a yucca sort of cactus. Mm -hmm. But the bloom was this sort of tall shoot that was taller than us. Like they're gigantic and they looked kind of burnt and dead. So it must be, I'm curious if that type of cactus like blooms once and then in its life like a silver sword does and then it's just dead. Curiosities. As we continued on, we got closer and closer to the shaded area. And we were starting to feel very excited to um, get some of that kind of reprieve. Yeah, there's some mountainy sections. The mountainy sections to our left start to, we start to inch closer to them. There are these giant rock overhangs here. And as we start to get closer to that, we realize the trail is about to shift again. And with that, let's take our first break. 
All right, everyone, we're playing pentagram. So we're putting five things into the pentagram to summon something. Or someone. Or someone. What are we doing today? I don't know. Who do we want to summon today? Okay, so we are both re-watching basically all of the Golden Girls oh, right now. We are, that's true. So um, do why don't peel through? we... Uh, are we summoning the whole cast? I feel like let's pick one. Let's mm. pick one because I think we'll have more fun and reveal more about their character let's if pick, we just pick one. Let's pick Blanche then. Blanche. Right. So um, item one is a steamy romance novel because mm. I feel like she is always reading something that is just... There are episodes where it's the same book too, I've noticed, like yeah. in a season. <laughs> She's like, still reading the same book. Does, does Blanche actually know how to read? Like it's that joke <laughs> with like Abby from uh, Broad City. Broad, right. <laughs> right. But I do feel like a steamy romance novel. Okay, I'm going to put like a little figurine of a bed Mm. because also her initials are Blanche Elizabeth Devereaux. And so (laughs) you don't know this? No, that's funny. They reveal it at some point. You may not be there yet in your rewatch. in my rewatch. That's Um, hilarious. Yeah, Blanche Elizabeth Devereaux. And so it spells bad. That's hilarious. Um, Okay, great. I am going to put in some revealing negligee because I feel like she's often in some sort of... Oh, of course. Like, let's impress somebody by the, um, the outfit that I'm wearing. Can I just say, one of the best Blanche moments and one of, I think, the best jokes in all of the show is Blanche and Rose are both playing nuns in the production of The Sound of Music. (laughs) There's a hurricane happening. And so they... uh, Dorothy's uncle, who's a priest, assumedly Uncle Angelo. Is staying with them. um, Comes to visit. And Dorothy and Stan have to pretend to still be married because Sophia is like, it'll just kill Angelo to know that you're divorced, blah, blah, blah. And he's a priest and yada, yada. And so Angelo was in the kitchen and Rose and... Blanche walk in and they have all their like they're still in costume but they have their clothes and they their were hands. in the middle of dress rehearsal when they had to come back and they had to come they had to evacuate and go back home and so they have all their clothes in their hands and Angelo is like what are your names and Rose is the one who's like I'm sister Rose to sort of like just play along with like sure. he thinks we're nuns we're gonna just tell him that we're nuns yeah and Blanche is like and I'm sister Blanche and we're here collecting clothes and she holds out a negligee <laughs> and she goes for needy sexy people <laughs> <laughs> yep. okay so so we've got so far a romance novel a, a, bed. a bed and a negligee I am also gonna put um, I feel like we have to put like something about Georgia because she's sure. from Georgia so a peach I'm gonna say put it and I feel like the last thing should be like either I have two it's either a mirror because she's a mirror she's on the got ceiling. got a mirror on the ceiling above and she's her she's sort of vain. Oh, yeah. There's vanity. Um, There's also that famous, like, Blanche is the one who taught us how to take selfies. Because, mm-hmm. like, she looks at herself in the mirror looking down. And then she looks up and she looks so much better. Um, or, like, a um, Monstera frond. Because her... Oh, no, it's a banana leaf. Oh, it's a banana leaf. Because her bedroom, like, oh, is it has, iconic. It has you know? to be a banana leaf. Yeah. Because her bedroom is iconic. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. she's got the, like, the back wall. Is like done in all of that, and also the curtains are done in that too. Great, and I think we've got Blanche. Ta da! Ta da! So we finally start to enter what we're calling the third section, which is the shaded section. Mm -hmm. Lots of trees, lots of overhang. So we're actually getting like some temperature change. Yeah, it's still very flat. Yeah, and it's wonderful. 
Yes, this sort of becomes this dry riverbed. So like before we get to the riverbed, we do have a, like, a little bit of a jut and this just like we're still on the valley floor, still very sandy. And then all of a sudden we're dumped into what is obviously a riverbed. Um, it's dry right now. Those big rock outcroppings that we saw earlier are like more directly above our heads right now. They're not hanging there directly. They're not like actually like low, but like looking up, it's very, it's a very pronounced feature, like up into the left. What I was curious about the whole time was like, what is the window? We kept yeah. talking about that yeah. the whole time because we had not looked at photos. Sounds of like-, like a very like... <laughs> Like, I'm in a cult, and it's like, what is the window? What is the window? <laughs> Who is the window in tonight's meeting? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we weren't sure. Yeah. So we kept going, is that the window? Yeah. Is that the window? Yeah. So we weren't sure as we were um, moving along. A little into the riverbed, we get to see this large boulder that has these very weird striations. It almost looks like it's like stucco. It's really, really interesting. It's again, like when you think about rock, you have to think about erosion. Yes. <laughs> so it's cu- the curiosity here is what type of rock is it? Like, why is it behaving that way? Like, how did erosion take part in the kind of formation of what it looks like? But it was fascinating. Closest thing I can compare it to is it looked like like alligator skin. Like it was rigid. There were like ridges and bumps all along it. We continue to hike here for a little bit in this riverbed area, which is nice and shaded. And it opens up and we sort of start to get to the narrowest part of the valley. Like when we were looking from the initial start of the hike to here, this is where that kind of pinch point of the rocks was, Mm -hmm. like way in the distance. We couldn't tell that this is where we'd be down so far in this riverbed, but this is where we're at. We start to see a formation of rocks ahead and we look up and we see something that we thought might be the window right we're like but this this would be too soon to be here based off of distance i was like oh maybe we have to wind around and get up but as we keep hiking and round the corner and i'm not gonna lie i really was hoping we didn't have to like go so high up (laughs) we realized that it were we were wrong it definitely wasn't the window Mm -hmm. to maybe a tiny little arch yeah that happened in some um via erosion wind yeah. erosion yeah after hiking around this to the left we end up going down this the kind of like earthen staircase here still pretty shady and when we get to the bottom of it there is this very flat rock but it has again erosion this really cool sort of topographical feel to it mm-hmm. like just looking at it it looks like a map that you'd see in a visitor center that's like here is the layout of the park and all of its elevation and it just was naturally again natural formations because nature is freaking kick ass so yeah. down here it felt a, like there were a little bit more of like cathedral walls all around us so there are these just very tall dramatic kind of like walls The formations are just really cool to just look up at and just get like a sense of how small you are here. And because like it feels like water kind of gets trapped in here a little bit easier, um, it did feel a little more damp here Mm -hmm. in this area. And then we approached what is section four, what we're calling section four, which is... We're calling it the buzzing riverbed and the stairs. Mm -hmm. The dry riverbed that we were on leads us around. We start to come to the section that had like a lot of bees and a lot of hornets, as well as a lot of standing water. Yeah, it was very odd. Like it was the buzzing river. Like the noise was palpable. Um, oh yeah, and it was very interesting because I don't think we'd ever experienced this situation like on that. a trail. Not like yeah, that not like that. But 
we didn't hate it. No. It was just like you could hear it so yeah. well. I mean, also, it's like there are tall rocks on either side of yeah, us. Yeah, so it's like point. sort of so echoey. It's echoing in yeah. there. But it did, in this particular section, you did mention kind of reminded you of an artist. Yeah, there are these like built in staircases that help you to traverse over everything. And it kind of felt like an MC Escher artwork, um, who MC Escher is someone whose work you've probably seen before. He's a printmaker. A lot of it is based on optical illusion and math, but it's not just like shapes. It is actually figurative and it just felt like we were going up and down these stairs and it felt very much so like an Escher artwork and it's very cool like it was this was I think my favorite section of the whole trail oh yeah Yeah. it was (laughs) definitely like up and then down and then up and then down around this riverbed area with um on these stairs yeah and it's clear like they had taken a lot of time to curate this path so that people could get out to what eventually would be the next section As we're coming down this last big staircase, we do encounter that group that was at the car next to us right when we were starting our hike. And they were turned around. They had been ahead of us on the hike. They had left a little before us. We could see them when we were initially in the exposed valley. And then they just disappeared because they dropped into the riverbed, just like we did. But they were on their way back. And so the last section of the trail is the window. This is the fifth section, section five. Mm -hmm. So after hiking down the stairs, we come to this very... Very flat section that has some benches and then there is room for you to continue to descend. When we get down, we realize that essentially we're here. Like yes. the window is dead ahead. We've made it. Yeah. There, and, um, there are a lot of families here. There's like a group of kids throwing rocks into the window area, which I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Maybe not. Yeah, it was very strange. That felt a little <laughs> odd. It wasn't like throwing rocks into like a river like or right. like a water source. This is a section that people like want to walk out to and like experience. And I guess maybe because they were there by themselves, it was like, we're just going to throw rocks at things. <laughs> so essentially coming to this thing called the window, what it kind of looked like was standing on a rock slab that was tilted downward very slick rock. And then there are these very narrow rock walls that are close together, sort of framing the landscape in the distance. Yeah. And people can go out. Pretty like, far. You can get close to sort of the, the edge, edge, but it is eventually just like a cliff's edge. It's like a pour over, essentially. A pour over yeah. is the better way to put it. I was very comfortable hanging toward the flatter <laughs> section of this and not getting close to it. You, however, decided to... Inch my way out a little bit inch more. Your, a little bit more <laughs> is an understatement. Inch your way out. Of course, I was in the back going like, you better be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Saying I cannot, no I cannot mm-hmm. do, go back. I cannot. If you slip and fall, you're on your own. <laughs> Great. You're not, but this I'm going to now have to how, go back and this get This is a, how the relationship is. No, we're going to well, have to go. Well, since you're in flow, you can do this. But if you screw up, then you're on your own. No, that is. <laughs> n- I would have to go get a helicopter to deal mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. And we can't do that. No. No. So I was just like, you can go 10 feet. At rentacopter.com. Right. Rentacopter. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds like rent a raptor, mm-hmm. like a velociraptor. Mm-hmm. But it is very. I will say this: I did get. I was not at the edge. I was close, but I wasn't there. I I know where my limit is, folks. But I did want to go out a little bit more. It is very slick here. The rock is very. It like undulates and it's very wavy here, and it's very very smooth. So it is something to be careful about because it is also tilting down towards the edge. I I did kind of get out a little closer the view is is spectacular you do not have to go out far to experience the beauty of this view um and it's what like a well worth it oh yeah you know venture out this way oh yeah and there were quite a lot of people around well we got there and it was just the families and then all of a sudden like there were a ton of of people had must have come behind us essentially while you were out there in your moment of risk Mm -hmm. i was hanging back and i was sitting there and then this gorgeous bluebird comes and sits next to me and I was like trying to get my phone to take a photo of it yeah or get my camera to take a photo of it but then it flew away and and I was well I saw it like I saw it all happen and then like it flew and I was like oh my god and I couldn't identify what this bird was quite yet Mm -hmm. but yeah that was an exciting moment so after taking a little bit here um, and as it had started to fill up we noticed that this family was starting to move and make their way out and we were like I don't want to get stuck <laughs> so we made our way out and we zip zipped back the way we came. And with that, let's take our next break. Okay, we had quite a debate about this word um, back last season. Mm-hmm. And so now it's showing up again, but as a drag name. Mm-hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, then please welcome to the stage Bree Zway. First name Bree. Last name Zway. Mm-hmm. Brie Zway. Mm-hmm. So who is Brie Zway? Well, she is whatever she's doing in her act, there are fans that are just billow. She's got very like flowy fabric-y clothes on that just like wind is absolutely wind a part is of always her act. An element. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. I do feel like she is, you know, I don't want to make her a weather queen because we have so many of them, I feel like. <laughs> well, I think I I like the idea of like dramatic, like flowing fabric mm-hmm. as like part of the costume. Yeah. And I think I think probably a shtick that she has is like like it starts out very gentle and as the song gets more dramatic, like it the wind becomes more intense <laughs> and it becomes about like staying in the moment and yeah. like like serving what the song is yeah. is giving. Yeah. While the wind is getting just like too intense. Way to too intense yeah. to deal with. Like so it becomes a comedy act essentially. Exactly. I do feel like um if she was to perform at outdoor venues, she would like paraglide her way in or oh, she would like parachute that. in. So I mm-hmm. think maybe she's or zip um, line in or something. I think she is um she's an extreme like um sports an extreme queen. Sports queen. But like in the vein of like uh flying in the air. Like maybe she has a squirrel suit <laughs> that she oh. like p- can squirrel paraglide in on. Interesting. Like, this is where I feel like she she does the that. camp comes in. Yeah, the camp comes okay. in. So I think that's also part of like her maybe it's her outdoor outdoor activism because she's like a clean air queen. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. Oh, I'm into that. Yeah. But okay, I do great. think I do think and maybe <laughs> now I'm like going big with it. <laughs> Go for it. I think she performs in the squirrel suit over a giant. 
fan. Have you ever seen those things where you can like get into like a tube and you're in that suit and you just like fly? Oh, like I think I that's our that. I think like that's our the, the sort of like um uh skydiving simulation. Right, yes. Oh yeah. great. I think that's how her act is. So there's a lot of like And she's doing like Fighter by Christina Aguilera. <laughs> <laughs> or something She's like got, that. There's a lot of production value in her shows. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm into it. And what is her merch? What is her merch? I feel like her merch could kites. be... Oh, it could be kites. It could be wind chimes. It could be wind chimes. It could be personalized fans mm. with like her Misters. face on them. And they like have the misty the thing mister, on the Right, yeah. mm-hmm. exactly. You can create your own show mm-hmm. with one of her misters. And also she does a double act and um, the other act is Mr. Fan. Mr. Fan, Breeze Way and Mr. Mr. Fan. <laughs> oh, a double act. Mr. Fan is probably, you know, sponsoring all of the, or like they have some fan company sponsoring mm-hmm. all of the fan work mm-hmm. in this show. Mr. Fan. Mr. That's, Fan. It's a good one. On the yeah. fly. Mm-hmm. Drag King. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Breeze Way and Mr. Fan. All right, we've made it to the terminal point of this hike. Mm -hmm. And so now we're headed back. Right. So we're headed back and we have to now pass through all of the uh, sections that we've come come through. Mm -hmm. So the first step is the stairs. And the buzzing riverbed. And the buzzing riverbed. Mm -hmm. We leave in order to like try and like... Circumnavigate the Circumnavigate the family that we were afraid might might be a little bit slow even though we could have asked them at any point in time if we could just you Mm -hmm. know cut around them and whatnot but we don't successfully do this no so that's fine yeah but what ends up happening is as we're headed back there is a little bit of a confusion point as to like oh are we going to the right or the left here they accidentally went the wrong way so we were able to zip around them to the right as we're starting to make our way back there are a lot more people coming out on this trail and And it's it's hot so hot yeah we were like oh i hope they have enough water yeah we were glad that this was sort of like kind of our finish point or what we thought would be our finish point for the afternoon um in this moment we do get to the cathedral like area with like the really cool stone on the ground Mm -hmm. there was this group i think they were from a law school yeah you were like i think they're all law students because they all one of them was wearing a law school shirt yeah and so i made an assumption you did. I'm like, oh, they're friends from law school. They may not have been. Yeah. But, but there were two people in the group that looked like doppelgangers of close friends of ours. Yes, so that's true. that was interesting for us to see. Yeah. So we had, we continue to head up and up and we find ourselves taking a rest on a bench. We just, you know, decided to take a rest and like breathe yeah, after, for a few. Yeah. After winding up from the stairs, like sort of after, before we got back to the dry riverbed section proper, there was like a very shady section here that had a tree with a bench or two underneath it that we had clocked on the way out. And so we just decided to sit. The branches of the tree were really close to our heads, like it was a low sort of tree. And as we were sitting there, suddenly one of those same bluebirds show up. We were like, oh my God, 
let's get some photos of this bluebird. So we do. And then I get out my little... Birding and Big Bend pamphlet. And I come to find out it is a Mexican jay, a very common bird in Big Bend. But something else that it said is that they're super social birds, yeah. meaning that they will socialize with people and they like also socialize with each other. Mm-hmm. So they're like, if you see one, you're probably going to see like three or four. And that immediately happened. And these birds are fearless. Like they yeah. were so close to us. Like we were not getting close to them, but they were like, we're just going to hang out on this branch right here. Whereas mm-hmm. like most birds are bye. Don't bye. come near me. Right, right. <laughs> but these were like, let's, let's go. And like they were just hanging out right there and it was great. They were, I mean, they're beautiful birds. They look very much like a scrub jay, um, which can be seen in this area of the world too. Mm -hmm. Mexican jays are definitely seen here in Big Bend. And there's like a couple other spots in the Southwest to see Mexican jays, but there's not like a ton of spots to see them. So it is kind of a special thing to be able to see them, but you will not miss them. They will find you. Yeah. I mean, this I think was my conversion moment into birding. (laughs) I will say that. Uh I was like, wow, this is fascinating. And it's like, this is all just here. This isn't like a curated experience. This was just like naturally occurring. And I'm like, this is so cool. And so I think I've like leaned in a little bit more because of our Mexican J experience. It's true. Yeah. And I mean those, and they're so pretty and they're like they just and they're not small like no they were big. no they were big they yeah. were big yeah so but it was fun to see all of them yeah and um so we continue on from this moment on the bench and from this moment with the birds we're moving but we're tired yeah yeah the it's, heat it just sort of like mm. zapped us a little bit we get back to that big rock boulder in the dry riverbed and we have a conversation just a little past this with the mom who's being tugged by her toddler about birds we were like oh you were like there's some mexican jays over there and she was like oh she was telling us about a book she was reading too yeah. she like she went in and it was a great there conversation was a small there was a book that she had bought in the in the store mm-hmm. i had seen the book that yeah. she was referring to but i i just bought the the pamphlets and the guides and the visuals yeah but we keep going back through the shaded section and then we finally make it back to the open valley section mm-hmm. and where it's exposed and so we run into someone who asks us about seeing um, like s- some creepy crawlies, yeah. some snakes and lizards. Yeah, and we're like, no, all we saw was birds. All we saw was birds. She's like, okay, good. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to have that encounter. I <laughs> mean, snakes are a thing that it's de- it's a desert park, so yeah. there are snakes around. Yeah, you know what I mean. There are also lizards around. Yeah. So yeah, we keep going. It's hot. We're tired, and then we hit the switchback section. And I remember being at the switchback section, and I was like, "All right, this isn't too bad, mm-hmm. right?" I mean, the Lost Mine Trail wasn't the most exhausting thing because we had done that just before this, and then we just done this window trail. But I was like, I acknowledge that, like the thing that's sort of making me tired right now, and sort of taking the wind out of my out of my breezeway right now, <laughs> is the fact that it's hot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, so we just kind of powered through these switchbacks. We hoofed it. Um, we had um, wh- one of the groups of people that was out with us at the window itself had like they were behind us for a bit. And then they I they summoned some energy from somewhere. I guess it was their youth um, <laughs> to pass us on the trail. They were just trucking it. And as we climbed back up, we, you know, made our way past the ranger 
who was at the wall still. We wound our way back to the visitor center area, took a nice, long, polite amount of time to sit outside that visitor center and sort of planned what the rest of our day here was going to look like. Let's put the window trail on the Karen Stone scale. I'm going to say a five for me. Um, It was not really all that difficult, but the return was a little bit of the strenuous factor for me here. And especially just it being exposed for a good deal of the trail. What about you? I also thought five. Oh, great. And so, right. We are on the same page here. here. (laughs) So that is 10 out of 20 Mm -hmm. Karen Stones. I do want to acknowledge that. We gave Lost Mine a 10.5. We did. Mm -hmm. So we're saying that Lost Mine and Window Trail are similarly... um, Fashioned. Fashioned. Yeah. And I would say probably so. More. This is a little shorter in distance than Lost Mine. Definitely. Um, It just is... Less inclined. Less inclined, yeah. But there are other things to make one tired here on the window trail. Absolutely. Yeah. I do think it's funny. We did have a listener who reached out and was like, I love listening to the episodes before doing a trail and then after doing a trail and just um, realizing how like wildly different I would put this trail on the Karen Stone scale versus where y'all put it. And I'm like, we love that and we love hearing that. And that's because it's your own personal scale. Certainly. Yeah. It is your own. And let's end this episode the way we end all of our episodes with some Jeopardy-style trivia. Dusty, why don't you go first? My category is called Windows Before and After. Great. So I um, thought it was all going to be about Windows 98. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that Which would have been a good one. I didn't think about that. No, me neither. No. I think I got started on Windows 95. Yeah, I think that I was did too. The, that was the one. Let's date ourselves now. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> right. I was I was just simply two years old when yeah. I got started on Windows ninety five. You, you were just right. ahead of your time. No, I would never because that you would were make in flow. me Gen Z. Yeah. No, I, no. Okay. No offense. Yeah, to that Gen sounded. Z. That was a <laughs> shot across the bow, everybody. Whoo, girl, watch out <laughs> for one hundred. If you used Windex to wipe away the grime. On the windows of a church, you might have this before and after. Stained glass window wash? Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. Or a stained glass window cleaner. Okay. Right. Okay, Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. So for 200, this definitely metaphoric phrase about leaping through a wall with a term that means to look but not buy. What is smashing through a plate glass window shopping? Hmm. Leaping. Leaping. What is jumping through a plate glass window shopping? Okay, great. You went very specific. I was just going with jump out the window shopping. Okay. (laughs) Great. So for 300. Leaping through a wall, though, is not like jumping out a window. You know what I mean? But does a window not exist without a wall? Right. You have to have a wall in order to have a window. But you made me think I was the Kool-Aid man there in that clue. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. that's just a note. <laughs> so for thank you for all of your notes about my clue writing. I appreciate it. So for 300. I sense that will come back to bite mm-hmm. me. <laughs> the thing that allows one to see while driving and the phrase describing the duration during which something is possible. 
I've got windshield. Yeah, think like windshield is a term, is another term for what kind of very simpler term could you call a windshield? What about the thing to the left or the right? What would we call A window? That? Okay. In a window what? of opportunity? What is... A window... Okay, so... And they're inside of a what? Ki- You're driving a what? A car. A uh-huh. car window of opportunity. Okay, okay. great. Perfect. Right. Uh, we, we're going to go car window of time okay. or car window of opportunity. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So... I'm really doing great, guys. For 400... I mean, you are. You've gotten all of them so far. With help. In overcomplicated ways, yeah. but yes. <laughs> this film... Sounds about, <laughs> sounds about right for my life. <laughs> This film by Alfred Hitchcock, along with this, the folded piece of paper used for mailing things that contains a clear see-through box so that one might see the address on a piece of paper inside. What is a rear window mailer? Great, I'll take that. Or a rear window envelope. Okay. Great. <laughs> just making it real. <laughs> really doing my due diligence here to just you give are. you all the synonyms. <laughs> all the synonyms. And for 500. Not the right answer. If this rectangular or semicircular window above a door had a ledge that one might rest things on, it might be called this before and after. Well, transom is the first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. So transom window. Transom window sill? What is a transom window sill? Correct. Okay. There you go. Great. And that is windows before and after. Great. Well, I went in a very different direction with mine. Okay, great. I didn't use windows really at all as a term. Great. Um, I was inspired by the fact that... Um, I felt like that trail had a very M.C. Eschery section to oh. it. So this is... Um, Please name a category. the surrealist artist. No, this is a category all about M.C. Escher's work and and places that it has appeared. Oh. So oh. you'll do okay. God. You will do okay, fine. Okay, great. I promise you, okay? okay? For 100, this 1980s film starring David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly about a teenage girl trying to rescue her baby brother from the Goblin King, played by Bowie, has many direct references to M.C. Escher's work, especially the final confrontation between Sarah, played by Connelly, and the Goblin King. What is Labyrinth? That's correct. For 200, the title of this famous Escher work for an impossible interior space with stairs and no regard for gravity is an important word in this Einstein theory, which in formula can be written as E equals MC squared. What is relativity? That's correct. Okay. For 300, this 1977 horror film about a dance academy run by witches, directed by Dario Argento, which was later remade in 2018, starring Tilda Swinton, has a number of Escher works painted on interior set pieces. Oh, I didn't even realize this. What is Suspiria? That's correct. Also, let's talk about that for a moment. (laughs) I mean, I feel like we have, right? I don't know. We've mentioned it on the show before, but like, great remake. Oh yeah, but the I mean the original, original is, is the original is so, so good and, and so good, so weird. Yeah, and like the remake went. You know what? We're gonna give you that, and we're gonna give you something new. Right, right, absolutely. Okay, and Dakota Johnson. Yep. 
Yep. Um, for 400, Ascending and Descending by M.C. Escher, a work which features a never-ending looping staircase, is referenced in this film about invading the subconscious of others, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Elliot Page. What is When Harry Met Sally? <laughs> <laughs> What is Inception? That's correct. And lastly, this mathematical tiling technique used by Escher in his work, where shapes, be they simple or complicated, nest together to create complex and beautiful designs, was inspired by Escher's visit to the Alhambra in Spain, where it was deftly achieved by the Moorish designers and architects of the building. Oh, oh, um, does it start with a P? No, it also starts with a T. It also starts with the like T? tiling. It starts with the T. Sorry, I should what have said that. What is tanagrams? No, I don't know what I'm thinking of. <laughs> tanagrams is a thing, though. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, I can't I remember know. what it is. Yeah, you don't know. I don't know. This is why it was 500. What is tessellation? <gasps> tessellation. Yeah, I have heard this yeah. phrase before. Mm-hmm. Also, welcome, welcome to the stage, uh-huh. tessellation. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> She's an excitement queen. Mm-hmm. She is. Um, and that's yes. the that word reminds me of gypsy. There's a Tessa Tora mm-hmm. as a character, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Okay. In Act Two. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard, and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, gaze at the National Parks.com. That's Gaze, G A Z E. All original artwork featured on Instagram. Instagram on our website and in the gay shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman and Mariella Klinger with Sean Sklios on guitar. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Ocean County, New Jersey.